The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. And a good Thursday evening, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Bears All Access on our usual Thursday night, brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, Tom there. Jim Miller will be along as well. Our producer tonight, Adam Stadzinski, in the Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score Studios. Good to have you along. Coming up at 610, Bears offensive lineman Cody Whitehair joins the program as we now have flipped into July, Tom. And that means... This is when you get get angry. <laughs> well, I was going to bring that same thing up because me, I talk about the heat. You don't dwell on it. But I think when we talk about football and getting ready for the start of training camp at the end of July, these are the type of days that football players think about when they're training through them. Because you have to pick a time during the morning, afternoon, or evening when you can go out there and get your work done. And for me... I was always trying to avoid the heat, but again, you know, this is like you said, it's the middle of July. This well, is, I mean, or this is early July. This is what summer's supposed to be right. like. To you, it feels like mid-July right now because uh, as soon as that thermometer hits 90 and the humidity goes up, you start to uh, take, you go into a little bit of a panic. Well, it, well, it's more of the uh, as a football player, it's more of the angst in the preparation for training camp, and it kind of hits you like a month out. And we'll be able to talk to Cody Whitehair about this to kind of see if he's in the same frame of mind that I was throughout my entire career from high school, college, and pros. Because in the anticipation of training camp, it's not a fun time. It's not baseball players bringing your golf clubs to training camp. It's about hoping that you stay healthy and that you're healthy at the end of training camp so then you can hope to, again, stay uh, stay healthy and continue that path during the regular season. Well, theoretically, it's cooler in Gross Point, Michigan, the uh, birthplace of one Jim Miller, a former <laughs> Bears quarterback. So, you know, did you have the same feelings about the heat of camp in July when that calendar flipped, Jim? Yeah, well, I, I just remember it shocked me how warm it got in, in Platteville when I first arrived for the Bears for those training, just the humidity uh, of it. So, yeah, I think, you know, you shock your system uh, from that standpoint, and you do uh, get used to it training in the heat. But it, things were different back then. We, you know, I don't want to say back in the day, you know, we walked two miles both ways uphill, you know, but we did practice two days in pads. And Tom will remember sometimes when we did three days in pads, and it it's a little bit different. So you could get in shape pretty quickly it was pretty rigorous it was pretty intense uh, all the practices were pretty much live uh, back then I remember my first practice for, for the Steelers that you know there's just a lot of hitting going on when you put those those pads on and everything kind of cranks up and that intensity used to go six weeks straight uh, pretty much it felt like Groundhog Day and how you had to strap them up so you know players prepare themselves differently and certainly this year I do think coaches are going to really keep in mind that they've got to get these players acclimated. They've been away for a long time, and the buildup, I think, is, is going to take some time for these guys to get ready to go. You know, as, as Jim talks about the days that we are playing, you don't want to talk about them being the olden days, but things have changed since then. A couple weeks ago or last week, we talked to sports science director Jen Gibson, and that was a, a coaching position that wasn't even on board when we were there. We were grabbing salt pills as we were walking out the door to 
go out to practice, and we thought that was the fountain of youth or the fountain <laughs> of hydration. So, again, you know, when you talk about um, – Andre, the head athletic trainer, you talk about Jason, the head um, weight room trainer, and you talk about Jen Gibson, the director of sports science. Those departments have become so important in maximizing your ability to go out there and practice, but also stay in a healthy frame of mind. Jeff, there are times that I went back to Platteville and cramped up on my bed where I lay there with IVs in both arms where the doctors would come into your room after the after practice. So I, I just think they're going about business nowadays in the NFL so much more intelligently on behalf of the players, so I do think it helps them. I, I kind of feel bad, Jim. I mean, I, I, all I did was bring up the temperature, and we've talked six minutes about it. But I, I was on an IV in Mile High Air in Denver one uh, one December when we had a game. Remember that one, Tom? So I, I feel your pain. Well, that was psychosomatic <laughs> altitude sickness. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about actually sweating because of preparing to play you. the game. Um, I hear you. Well, <laughs> hey, all this talk, and we might have a shortened preseason. We'll get into that and many other topics coming up here in moments. Our pal Cody Whitehair, Bears starting center, joining the program. This is Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with Adam Stadzinski, our producer. Thanks, as always, to Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli. Here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff, Tom, and Jim, joined by Bears Center Cody Whitehair. Kind enough to join us here on Bears All Access. How you doing, Cody? Good. How are you guys tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. Getting ready for a holiday weekend uh, as much as we can these days. But uh, good, to, good to hear you. Uh, a guy that is as committed as you are in the weight room and a guy who's around the facility as much as humanly possible, uh, has this been a real challenge for you, Cody, in this offseason? Yeah, yeah, it has. You know, it's just been a, a weird time, that's for sure. Um, you know, but I've managed to, to still be able to do some, some working out and staying in shape and and getting ready for this upcoming season. Have you had to get creative? Yeah, you do. Um, you know, you are limited to some extent. Um, obviously, it's it's a little different than, than being in the facility and having, you know, all those weights and everything. But, uh, you know, it's definitely been a challenge and, and a different time this off season. But uh, we've made the best of it and looking forward to the season. You know, Cody, as simply as things appear when people are watching a football game, and you talk about Mitchell Trubisky and you talk about Nick Foles, and verbally they do things different in the huddle. They have a different tempo to their cadence. And that's one of the things that helps develop an offensive line. Is is it different this year that you've never – you've never stepped in front of either either of the quarterbacks because you've been around Mitch and you've been around um, Tyler – but not Nick Folds. So how has that been not being able to hear the tempo of a cadence of a new quarterback that you'll be lining up in front of in less than a month? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different. Um, obviously, you'd hope to have, um, you know, the OTA phase and stuff like that to be able to, to hear him again. But, um, you know, it, it, it'll all come together in training camp, and, uh, you know, we'll be ready to roll come game time. You know, when we were introduced to Juan Castillo during a Zoom conference, he pounded his fist a bunch about how football offensive line play is repetitiously done and repetitiously improved. 
how has he been able to come across in those meetings in terms of teaching what he wants out of you along with kind of installing, you know, the plays and the system, how he wants it run? How has that been from a screen rather than an on-field type of work? Yeah, it's definitely different for sure. Um, you know, he's he showed us some technique videos and stuff, and then, you know, it's kind of just been on us, obviously, since we haven't been able to be around him or, or any of the other guys that just do some things on our own. So that's what we've had to, had to do this off season, and it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of been a little bit different, but we're making the best of it, that's for sure. Cody, Jim Miller, always good to talk to you, my friend. And let me ask you, how, how do you build chemistry in a virtual world? You know, how do you gel together as, as a team? I mean, how, how has that challenge been for you guys here this off season? Yeah, it is different, um, you know, because the majority of it is just, you know, mainly the coaches talking to us. But there has been, you know, times where we, we get together and, um, you know, have been fortunate that there has been a few guys in Chicago and we've been able to, to do some, some things together while distancing and, and pra- practicing all that and, and being as safe as we can. But we have been able to get together, which has been nice too. Any apprehension? I know you're probably, you know, checking in with uh, the NFLPA and everything that, that's ongoing right now, but any apprehension for, from your standpoint? I'm sure you want to go back to work, and I'm sure a lot of players do, but at the same time to, to, to do it as safe as possible. But any apprehensions from your standpoint as camp's just around the corner? I mean, I'm excited. You know, it's it, like I said before, it's been a different off season where we haven't been able to to get in the facility at all. So we've, you know, it's been it's been really different. But I'm excited to get back to it, um, and hopefully, we can figure out a way to do it as safe as we can. Cody Whitehair, our guest on Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and Cody Whitehair, our guest. Is it going to feel good to start a season at the position that you have had a lot of experience in the last few years? Yeah, it's, it's you know that's where I feel the most comfortable. Um, obviously, uh, I'm a team guy, and I'll do whatever they ask me to do. You know, if, if it happens to be where they they need me to play a different position, and you know whether that be July 28th when we come in the building, or you know whatever that whenever that may be, um, you know I'm always down for it. But you know just that being comfortable at that position and being played there for, you know, as long as I have in the NFL, it's, it's really exciting to, to, you know, be able to be there to start the season again. Hey, and Cody. So, go ahead, Tom. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You know, Cody, sometimes, you know, you're a young father and sometimes along the way, as I was growing up, you see these young fathers and they happen to finish their kids plates every once in a while and it changes their diet. But you go to Hallis Hall during the season, and you're exposed to the best diet in the world. The director of sports science there, Jen Gibson, does a great job of making sure all you guys eat properly. Has that been any different for you? Has it been any more difficult for you to, you know, have the diet constructed the way it can at Hallis Hall? Yeah, I mean, I've been around Jen long enough to know kind of what she prefers us to be eating and, and recommends us to eat. And I've been trying to follow that as best I can. Obviously. You know, with with our cafe there at Hallis Hall, they do a wonderful job and making sure we're we're very well um, nourished. You know, but uh, my wife and family have done a great job, and you know, I've been able to cook a little bit more too. You know, especially with it being a little bit nice out. You know, being able to start up that that barbecue grill, so that's what's been your, nice what's too. What's your go-to meal? Um, you know, I've been grilling a lot of steaks lately. Um, you know, I, I have fired up the Traeger a couple times and. 
you know, smoke some ribs and stuff like that too. So, um, you know, anytime I can be outside and, and either, you know, get on the Traeger or the Weber grill, um, you know, that's always a positive. Well, from your standpoint, Cody, I know you're a veteran now, but as you're getting to know Juan Castile, how, without giving anything away, how, how was the pace of install? Uh, for the Chicago Bears offensively. I know, obviously, uh, Coach Nagy let you guys go uh, about a week and a half early uh, from that standpoint, but just the pace of install and how it went from maybe the the previous years. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it was great. You know, Juan did a great job as far as detailing things and, and making sure we understand what he wants out of us. Um, you know, so we felt it went really smooth, and um, obviously the coaches did too with them letting us go a week early. Cordy White here, our guest here on Bears All Access. A couple of more moments with the Bears Veteran Center. Uh, Cody, I know that I've heard from many players, and I hear from Matt Nagy just reading between the lines that, uh, and I've used this term to describe it a little bit, the jaw's kind of been set, meaning uh, you guys were pretty angry at how the season unfolded in 2019 after the success in 18. How would you put it into context, what the mission is with your guys, because you, you know the room as well as anybody. You've been there. You're part of the big the changing culture there at House Hall. Uh, are, you guys, are you guys pretty angry, and you guys ready to take it to the field that way? Yeah, you definitely feel the anger and the sense of some unfinished business. But I guess the best way to, to sum up our virtual um, offseason would be motivated. I mean, we know how much we left out there, and, you know, the season wasn't the way we wanted it to be in eight, or in 19. So I would say the biggest thing is guys are motivated, guys are excited to get back to work and, and start the season. Hey, Cody, do you feel that there's any more pressure on the offensive line as a, as a whole group? Because, you know, you look at some of the stats of, of last year – for the running game, it, it obviously has got to be a component. It needs to be better. Matt addressed it, the first topic at the podium after the season was over. So I'm not talking about a negative pressure, a, a pressure that you can turn into a positive, knowing that the stats provided by the offensive line and the overall run game has to be better. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you want your offense to be able to count on that run, and, and especially in obvious situations, you know, the that's where an offensive lineman's really got to, you know, be at his best, and whether that be obvious pass or, or obvious run. So, um, you know, it's something we take pride in, and the run game, you know, everything starts up there up front and making sure we can get a hole open for those guys in the backfield because when we do that, we're going to be dangerous. How about for you personally? I know it's different for every player. And, you know, with the, the NFL coming out with two less preseason games, the acclimation period, it sounds like that's going to be a little bit more, get guys in, in football shape. And I guess where do you feel you're at and how long do you think it'll take you to get uh, acclimated? Because, I mean, let's be honest, you guys haven't even broken a huddle uh, here this offseason on, on a field uh, together. Yeah, it's going to take some time, you know. It, but uh, I think I don't think it'll take us – too long um you know we're, we're pretty young bunch of guys that you know for the most part we've we've worked together for you know especially up front we've worked together for a couple of years so um you know i don't think it'll take too long but uh you know like i said we're really looking forward to it and ready to get this thing rolling cody whitehair our guest here on bears all access on chicago sports radio 670 the score uh we'll let you go before we do i i i understand that uh 
Your daughter, Blakely, was baptized recently, and uh, the godfather is another, no, none other than? That's right. Is oh, who? Quarterback Mitch. Quarterback Mitch. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was saying, risky, maybe. I was, I was setting you up. Um, so how cool is that to have a teammate uh, be the godfather of your daughter? And I know you guys are, are super tight to begin with, but uh, that takes a – I'm a godfather. I, I know those things are not taken lightly. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's a big thing in our family, too. And, you know, Mitch is such a tremendous young man that, you know, he's going to be a great role model for my daughter, that's for sure. Well, best of luck. Congratulations to you and your family. I know uh, number one is always uh, always a great thing for a young man. So good to have you. Best to Hannah as well, and we'll see you soon up at Hallis Hall. Have a great rest of your summer. Thanks, Cody. You bet. Thanks, guys. Cody Whitehair, our guest here on Bears All Access. Coming back, we'll talk Allen Robinson with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it, learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Big Jim, uh, I always like listening to Cody because uh, – He's a man of few words, but he keeps it real, and uh, he is one of the guys in that locker room that people do look up to. And there's different ways you lead, and he's one of those guys. Yeah, well, he definitely is accountable, reliable, pro- productive, uh, pretty much always ready to play and versatile. Uh, so, he, you know, he commands a lot of respect. He he's definitely has earned that uh, since he's been a, sh- a Chicago Bear and just how he's been such a accountable player. I think players respect him. They look up to him and look for a guy for that type of leadership. And, you know, you try to pick his brain. You, you want to know why he's so successful in the NFL with how prepared he is. So definitely a lot of tips to be learned uh, from a great teammate like Cody White. And last September, Tommy gets a a five-year extension, uh, so a a big year for him as he settles in there to this offensive line spot. Uh, You know, he he is a team guy. He's been bouncing all over the place, but uh, with the regular snaps at one position, how do you think that will help him? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's it's going to benefit him because like we saw Juan Castillo say during his Zoom meeting is everything is repetitiously learned by the offensive line, and that's one thing every one of those guys is they need reps together. But, okay, let's insert two quarterbacks that are fighting for the job with the center position. So there's a lot of different details that go along with that. And we talked about their tempos, their cadence, the way they call plays, the way they see the line of scrimmage. So Cody isn't you know he is he is involved with the quarterbacks and the way he calls out the protection responsibilities for the line so he's got a couple different dimensions to his job but I think if there's anybody on the offensive line or on that team that can hold up to anything that's asked of him Cody's that guy all right so today I read where Jim uh, you're in the Big Ten country up there in Michigan Uh, Alan Robinson made the Big Ten Network's Big Ten all-decade team with um, Tyler Johnson, who just came into the NFL out of Minnesota. And so uh, I thought, go back to some of these coaches and some of the Zoom meetings in this offseason. A little collage here of Allen Robinson as he gets ready for another Bears season, looking for a new contract. And then his position coach, Mike Fury, who's uh, really blown away by the man's professional. I'm feeling in great shape. You know, I feel like I've been um, extremely productive you know, throughout this quarantine and throughout this offseason. So, Again, for me, you know, like I said before, I know, I know for a fact, you know, that my that my best days of football are are um, ahead of me. You know, and I'm still trying to continue to to stack these work days in the bank, you know, so I can bring that to the table once the season comes. 
Allen Robinson's probably one of the most professional players that I've ever been around in my playing and coaching career. And his voice is not just going to be huge in regards to the social justice issue that's going on today. His voice started three months ago or four months ago when we started these meetings, when he got in these rooms and was helping guys and, 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 and getting on guys for not, you know, maybe they weren't sitting right in meetings. Maybe they were walking around too much on the video. So his voice has been around for four months. And he's going to have a big impression on these young receivers that come in. Ted Ginn Jr. as a veteran would also help in that category. Uh, but Tom and Jim, Overall, just can you stress the importance of what this man brings, not just what he's doing on the field and his connection at this point with Mitch Trubisky, and he had a very good season last year despite the offensive struggles, the two of them, uh, what it means to this entire offense right now. You know, one thing about Mike Fury there, when he's talking about Allen Robinson has a voice, he has a voice when there's a matter of importance that needs to be addressed, either in the social issue department or in the locker room department. Allen Robinson's a leader by example. He doesn't need to say a lot because the younger players, either on either side of the ball, offensive, defense, all they have to do is look at his work ethic. You know, when we were all introduced to Allen Robinson as a Chicago Bear, he was coming back from an injury and you didn't know what to expect of him. If you never, if you ever knew that he had an injury, you wouldn't no. have known it by the way he went about his business. And then year two, he comes up and he's even has a, shows a higher profit than he did after he was recovering from his knee injury. Obviously, so you know when Mike speaks of one of the most important guys, the most the best hardworking guys he's ever played with or coached. That's saying a lot because Mike Fury's been around a lot of receiver rooms. But hey. We've all seen the examples that Allen Robinson leaves in the practice field, in the game field, and as a result. And up there in Michigan, he's got quite the reputation at the high school level, too, uh, coming out of Detroit, right? Yeah, Orchard uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, you know, very well-respected high school, moves on to Penn State, has a, a great career there, and then has been special in the pros as well. Hard to believe he's going on a seventh year and has overcome uh, quite a bit with those injuries that you mentioned, uh, Tom. But, you know, he isn't, you know, he'll say something when he believes something needs to be said. But when, you know, Tom knows, and I know, and Jeff, you know, when you're brought into the NFL and they tell you about, hey, this is what it's like to be a pro or to be a professional, that's always kind of thrown out there about being a professional, and it's different than the college ranks. It definitely is about being a paid professional. And I think he takes that very seriously. You know, and I think he, he's very determined about his craft. I think he does want to be the best. He dedicates himself extremely hard to be good at his craft. And I think, you know, when something needs to be said, he'll say it. And he does it in a professional way uh, is what I've encountered in all my uh, discussions with Allen Robinson. So excited about him. He's just one of those players I think you know as a team that you can count on, much like Cody Whitehair, that he's going to be prepared to play every single weekend, and that accountability factor, nobody questions that uh, about Allen Robinson. You need a bunch of those guys, fellas. You need a bunch of those guys, and I do believe they are on this team. And you mentioned professionalism, and it reminds me of what even Tariq Cohen admitted to in this offseason is that, okay, you know, professionalism isn't a, a sometime thing. It's an everyday thing, and it's not just your rookie year, your second year. It's in the 10th year of your career. So you got to remind yourself of that. And, you know, I thought it was very open-minded of him to, to agree that, okay, I wasn't necessarily that way in 2019. You know, he really looked up to Benny Cunningham when he was here. Now he's got to be that guy in that running back room. But, you know, 
you guys are in two different spots, obviously, in your lives and in your career. And looking back, though, could you have – you guys were professional from day one, I'm assuming. You guys felt you knew how to be a professional from day one. Is this learned behavior at some times in the NFL for players? I think it is. I, I think you have to go through this, the process of it. So you come in as a rookie, there's always someone you look up to in that room. No matter if he's a, as a good player, a bad player, whatever the case is, there's always somebody older than you. And as you start climbing the ladder and these older guys start trickling out of the room, then you, it's, it's you. You're going to set the standards, not only for the room, but for yourself. And so I, I'm encouraged by what I hear about Tariq Cohen of, you know, being better to himself, that will make him a better player. And, you know, Allen Robinson, I don't think it's difficult for a guy for like Javon Wims to look across the field or across the meeting room to see how Allen Robinson is carrying himself. And some of these young guys, they need, they need an Allen Robinson. And Tariq Cohen, if he thinks that he can step up to the plate and be the leader of the multiple rooms he goes into, that's special teams receiver and running back, I'm glad that he sees that he needs to apply himself better. Yeah, for, it's definitely learned. I, I totally agree with Tom. I, you know, you just find out as a young player, you know, just your itinerary, just how things are structured in the pros, the things you have to do on your downtime in order to, to, to get better. You know, say, you know, like your first Tuesday off. Tuesdays are always off, right? And, you know, you quickly learn. Other players are out there working to get better. Uh, you know, I remember Neil because we lived Neil Donald. We lived in the uh, the same subdivision. Uh, just re- he rented a townhouse and I did, and and he would call me be, and say, "Hey, come over. This is what I do on my off days in order to prepare uh, for the next game. Whether it's a lifting routine, we studied uh, some tape, things like that about the opponent, things like that." And you know, the first probably you know before Neil got to know me, probably the first six weeks of the season, I was just like, oh, you know, Tuesday's your day off, uh, you know, nothing to do, you know, and you quickly learn that hey, this is what it takes to get really good uh, at your profession. You know, you can never really get away with it or you know get away from it. And after that, when Neil kind of introduced me to that, and that's how I approached the rest of my career. And never, even on your off day, you're always thinking about it. You, all right, what can I do to uh, to get better? And I, you know, I just think for a lot of players, that's how you've got to be. You know, you've got to be that it's always on your mind in, in order to give give yourself an edge uh, for the next game. So for you two, what moment in your mind did you become a true professional? I mean, what year, what season, what snap, what day? Because there's always these crystallizing moments. I'll start with Jim because I'm just, you know, reminding myself where, where you played. You played well, at many different stops. So you're talking about Neil Donald in Pittsburgh where you're there for, for two-plus years. Yeah, and I think for me, you know, I had a really good camp my rookie year. I ended up breaking my hand. I was probably challenging Mike Tomczak for the backup job as a rookie, and then unfortunately I broke my thumb and uh, some ligaments and stuff. And so that year was shut down. But the fu- the next year, um, they drafted Cordell Stewart. It wasn't known whether I was going to make the team. I ended up making the team. They keep four quarterbacks. And Neil Donald breaks his hand. And I get an opportunity uh, to get in some games and played. It was really a Monday night game down in Miami. Mike Tomczak gets pulled. I get in the game right before half. And we ended up you know, we were down two scores. We ended up coming back and almost winning the game. It was a late-tipped uh, interception to Yancey Thigpen. Uh, you know, it was a last-second throw uh, by me to, to try and get us the win. But, you know, played against Dan Marino, played really well the entire game. It's Monday night. It, it doesn't get any better than that. And I, and I knew after that game, I said, I can do this. And I felt it in that game that my confidence, 
you felt more comfortable as the game went on, and you felt, hey, I can do this, and I can do this for a long time. You know, my biggest influence in preparation for the NFL was a coach in the USFL. It was John Tierlink. He used to encourage me about being prepared when I went to that next level. Every single day, that guy was relentlessly on me about being prepared for the NFL. And he was a D-line coach. Never took a day off. He's the most <laughs> instrumental guy in being prepared in the, for the NFL. Recently passed away, John yes. Tierlink, outstanding coach. Tom, always. I remember you introduced him to me and the language of this man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, this is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Lace up your sneakers and join us July 10th through 12th for the first ever PNC Chicago Bears Virtual 5K and Kids Dash. This year, a portion of every paid registration will be donated to Bears Care. Support local communities and COVID-19 relief. Register today at chicagobears.com slash 5K. Jeff, Tom, and Jim, and I challenged Anthony Adams on Twitter today and Lawrence Screeden. Uh, and, you know, Anthony doesn't want, he doesn't want to race. And he just, just gave, me, gave me the hand, so to speak. So I'm kind of disappointed. I thought he was a competitor. I think Lauren would. I think Lauren would beat you. Well, I'm talking about Anthony. I'm not talking well, about Lauren. Well, I mean, you, listen. <laughs> Come on, go now. after the go after the athlete out of those two. Right. Okay. Well, that, hey, Anthony might have an issue with that statement, Jim. Right. Uh, you might be back in the days in Denver. The air is a little thin. I don't know. You may fall a little short uh, on that one, uh, yeah, Jeff. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. All right. So speaking of short, uh, there could be a shortened preseason. Not official yet. Uh, Big Jim, it uh, looks like the, the idea is to trim week one and week four of the preseason. Uh, mm. Coaches, though, looking at every game as a critical rep. And even earlier this offseason, Bears head coach Matt Nagy remained committed to more game reps in due part to the quarterback derby. That's the, the best time for us to be able to get that evaluation process going. We need to get as many reps as we can to be able to see what they're doing. Does that mean more reps? Possibly. Yeah, probably. So we're going to do everything we can. And then if we need to, you know, have more competition type levels, you know, 11 on 11 type deals in practice, we'll do that too. Yeah. So finding reps in this situation, even saw a tweet yesterday from former Bear Chase Daniel now with the Lions saying nothing about this year is going to look normal at all in his opinion and either he knows some things we don't in addition to all these suggestions this is kind of the first thing that's come up throughout this entire offseason that the NFL is even considering uh, knocking back a little bit Uh, how do you frame all this and what's it going to look like yeah I mean I I, I'm sorry go ahead Tom no no go ahead Jim go ahead Jim well, I, I just think, you know, there is going to be an acclimation period. I think all coaches have, have kind of acknowledged that. Now, you know, even without the scrimmages against other opponents, because at least in the scrimmages, you can, you know, you can script situations. Not all those situations will come up in a preseason game, but it's good to see, obviously, your players and evaluate your players going against a, another opponent. I think that always helps in a, in a, in a game-like setting. It's going to be very difficult, you know, to get looks and evaluate, especially, you know, you look at college free agents that potentially are on your team. I think everybody knows this is probably going to be a veteran-laden season, so some of those young guys may not get the reps that they normally would get, uh, you know, without, uh, you know, two other preseason games. Because I do think – not that they don't want to go into the season healthy. They do. And they, I'm, I'm sure there are coaches that may not play uh, their starters in some of these preseason games. But I think you're going to be surprised at the amount of coaches that do put some of their star players out there just to see where they're at. Because guys may not be ready. They may, may need more work. 
And I've been in preseason games, and this was, I know it's a long time ago, but hey, you're just going to get a series and you're going to come out. Well, you go out there and look like crap. Uh, I played a whole game, <laughs> you know what I mean, where, where starters didn't come out. Uh, for an entire preseason game. So I think it all sounds good, but I, I think Coach Nagy definitely wants to challenge the players, and they probably will get more work as starters here if they do ultimately play these two preseason games. Well, you know, I, I think there's two types of evaluation in games and practice. And Jim mentioned the practices are specifically scripted, offense and defense, and you're giving a specific play that you want to see to this quarterback or this cornerback, this whatever you whatever position you want to challenge. You ha- It's an exact science. One thing when you go evaluate reps in preseason games, it's represent. You're, you're evaluating the unknown because you don't know how your opponent's going to react. You don't know how the individual player's going to react to what they see on the field. You don't know the decision that's going to be made by all the other players out there. So I think there's going to be these periods of practices that are going to be really serious game style type of approach to them and then you're going to evaluate the players in the course of the preseason games because again you're evaluating the reaction to the opponent in practices they can be perfectly scripted and you can look for exactly what you want to see tom what tempo do you need to see in practices to be ready speed speed ready for week one a nine on seven, I need to see it full go. I need to see the offensive line constructing the organization they need so all five to seven of those guys can work at one. And it's not a heavy impact because it's more of a collision between the offense and defensive line. But, you know, it's it, those reps on 11 on 11 when it's an organized teamwork I need to see these guys for designated periods when Matt lets them know look this is full go it's not necessarily tackling to the ground but it's a good what they refer to as a thud at the end of the play where you come up and you get a good hit by the linebackers the DBs the defensive line and so on so I do think that they have the opportunity to designate the periods and practices to be as live as they can possibly be, just like the reps in the games. Jim, in terms of install, a lot of it's been done already, but it has to be revisited, obviously, and retrained. And now to get the guys for the first time in front of their coaches on the practice field in whatever, how that's going to look with all the COVID regulations and whatnot that the NFL is installing, um, is that is that going to be difficult without two preseason games if they trim it down? Yeah, yeah. The teams may have to trim it down, and I think it's going to depend on how veteran of a team you are. You know, look at the teams that are returning all five offensive linemen. You know, uh, say you know whether it's the Indianapolis Colts or a team uh, like the Chicago Bears, other than their right guard position. If if you've got all five offensive linemen that are veterans that have played last year, that's why I bring up the Colts. That 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 team did not one player missed one snap all year long for the Colts. You probably can install at a faster pace. If you've got a lot of young players uh, that you're trying to get caught up to speed, you may have to stay more basic. Like you said, trim things back. You may not be able to expand uh, a lot early for, for those type of teams. Um, and what Tom mentioned, I, I don't think you can have any standing around at practice. You know, Normally when you go to a special teams period, a, so offense and defense kind of separate and they're standing around, I don't think you can do that. you got to take advantage of every single time or every single moment that you're on that field and go to a separate area to get some work done because you're probably going to want more team periods because, again, your team has to gel. It's not about you know just one position out there, oh, let's go one-on-ones. No, it's 11-on-11 in real football, 
and you're probably I know it goes against the social distancing practices and there'll be safety about it, but you're going to have to do a lot of team periods, I think, to get guys caught up to speed with how this game is going to be played on Sunday. They're aware of it, the players, but they got to go out and do it, and I think the, the coaches will put them in that environment. You know, Jim, I, I think we got to think outside the players themselves here too because you talk about that offensive coaching room. There's a lot of new bodies, a lot of new minds, a lot of new faces. They haven't been on the field yet for those OTA reps where you got the offensive coordinator holding a, micro, or a walkie-talkie, signaling or ta- talking the plays into the quarterback's helmet and then see how all that type of transaction, that transfer of information goes. But then last year also during the preseason, um, Matt Nagy allowed Mark Helfrich and Dave Ragone call plays during a preseason game. Now you don't have that luxury of four games if they don't have it, so now you condense it down to two. And you kind of got to get that coaching staff in working order also. Decide who's going to be upstairs, who's going to be downstairs, how that transfer of information is going to go. So thinking outside of just the players, this is also an offensive coaching staff that gets that needs to get to know each other. All right, we need to step away. One more segment to go. We'll get cut up on news of the day around the National Football League. Look at what some changes might be in store and some other topics, including Cam Newton to New England. It's all coming up next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, Bears fans, it's important to stay connected now more than ever. And at Motorola, we love making that possible with the new Razor. You can enjoy staying connected a little bit more. It's a phone. It's an accessory. It's an icon reinvented. Hello, Moto. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, brought to you by IGS Energy. Good to have you along. So uh, we'll start with the quarterback on this one. Cam Newton in New England. Jim, surprised. I know you broke it down on Sirius XM NFL Radio. I'm, I'm certain of that. Um, it's a prove-it deal when you get right down to it uh, for him. And is it a good spot? Is this seem something that is going to take root in terms of a true blue quarterback contest? competition with Jared Stidham yeah I think they do like Stidham obviously they dedicated a a draft to him and they will they'll compete you know have those guys compete for the starting job I do think Cam without a doubt is the most you know talented quarterback they have on their roster and everybody asks well how's it going to fit there don't worry, Josh McDaniels knows what he's doing and so does Bill Belichick uh, how they're going to utilize Cam Newton he's healthy uh, when you look at him, he's posted his workouts. I know he's coming back from a Liz Frank. I talked to Cam at the Super Bowl, and he said his shoulder feels fantastic. He's basically a, another year recovered from that standpoint. So it's really about the foot and how his health uh, you know, uh, sets up. And I think he is a, a motivated player looking to put himself back on the map. And I'll ask you this, to get that caliber of, of a player for that price, it, it's not about the money for Cam Newton. He's out to, to prove a point, and I do not doubt him. I think he will be the starter in New England, and don't write the New England Patriots off just yet. Everybody thinks that they're done uh, not so fast with the addition of Cam Newton. You know, one thing that confuses me about it is because we talk about how long processing information takes for a quarterback to ingest a system to go out there and play just on reaction. So now you introduce Cam Newton to the New England Patriots after he's been in the same or been in the same team, same system for so many years. I I, I admire his his just his physical approach to the game. I admire Bill Belichick because I think he's going to be very game plan specific with Cam Newton. But how much can you really learn through things repetitiously done? 
when you're you have a shortened period of time before the regular season's going to get here and in a shorter time in training camp. So um, I, I think it is the perfect coach quarterback combination with Bill Belichick in a in a short term leased quarterback and Cam Newton and. Matt, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to make this season so much fun with Cam, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, and the quarterback duel here in Chicago. I, I think it's going to be great for the season. Now, did I get this right, Jim? Scott Zolak, who's their color man on radio, said that he didn't think Cam's going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. I think he told a, a station, uh, their sports hub in uh, Boston, felt that Jared ago? Stidham is going to be well, the starter. Uh, yeah, they they like Stidham. They drafted him, but you know there's an open competition there. I mean, nothing is going to be given to Cam. You know, I did, I just personally think that he is physically the their best quarterback, and Bill Belichick will utilize his skill sets of what you know what the player has, and he will gear it uh, that way. And it ultimately will prove that that Cam Newton has the experience. I mean, Jared Stidham ultimately, how many passes does he have in the NFL? I think one and he threw an interception. He got benched last year in a a preseason game. They like Stidham. I'm not saying they don't, but it's an open competition, and I think if it's just mano on mano, Cam Cam Newton wins that hands down, and Bill Belichick will uh, uh, modify their offense to suit Cam Newton's skill set, and he will prove with his experience, all of his knowledge, and Bill doesn't make these decisions just haphazardly. Went out, he talked to Norv Turner. Norv gave Cam Newton a glowing report of how he uh, prepares for games. And that was Bill Belichick basically finding out, is this guy coachable? Can can I get along with this guy? What does he respond to? What are his go buttons? And that's what Bill Belichick was having that interview with with North Turner. He wanted to get to know the player of how he can coach him to get the most out of him. And then ultimately decided, yeah, this is a good fit. This player is going to be a good fit here. I was there when they traded for Corey Dillon. Everybody thought he was going to be a malcontent. He was nothing of the sort. He was one of the greatest teammates I ever played for. You look at Randy Moss. People thought it wouldn't work with him. Worked really well uh, with Randy Moss. And we could go on and not. Rodney Harrison. Everybody thought Rodney Harrison was washed up. Here wins the Super Bowl. A couple of Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. So Bill will coach him, and Cam's going to like it. And I think Cam's interested uh, of learning a little bit more about football from, from Bill Belichick, and it was very calculated on his part to really rebuild his career. A couple other nuggets today. USA Today, their football writer Dan Wilkins saying that uh, college football, uh, officials in college football, apparently broached the idea of the NFL moving back the draft in 2021 because of a potential need to play the college football season in the spring, and apparently the NFL wasn't interested. Um, does that That's pretty much what you'd expect. NFL uh, clearly wants to keep the schedule the way they like it. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of the scouts probably have 85% of the work done on the next draft class already. Yeah. So what they want to do is they'll go and they'll look at all the reps that they they do, you know, they you know, evaluate going forward. But some of these guys that have great junior years, also now they're thinking about their NFL opportunity, and sometimes they kind of take a tick back in their senior year because they're so health-concerned. Um, again, I, I think a lot of the scouting is done. So if they did want to move the draft back and it wasn't too confusing and they could do it, do it. But I, I don't know if there's any, even though there's a plan and a date in place, I don't know if there is any plan or date in place yet. 
Yeah, from the well, from the college side, if they're playing in the spring, that's the last resort, right? Where they're giving up on the on the fall season. Uh, don't know if that's the case just yet. Uh, it seems like they still plan on playing, even if they are shortened season. I think the Ivy League, even the Ivy League, decided that that they will make a decision next week whether they just shorten their season or they cancel intercollegiate athletics uh, there in the Ivy League for the for the whole year. So, still a little bit more time, but that would be the last resort for college football. And like Tom said, a lot of the information gathering has already happened. And even this past year's draft, teams proved that they could get all the information that they needed. You know, when uh, the one team that I thought was interesting, Pittsburgh drafted an offensive lineman that they didn't have a 40 time on because he was from a small college, didn't have a 40 time on, didn't have a medical on him. They went strictly off the tape and they said, yeah, this guy can play and they drafted him. So, Teams, teams will be able to do it again next year if that's the case. Also, uh, the possibility that teams could bring fewer than the 90 they ordinarily do to training camp. Uh, again, these is all sources here in the last couple of days telling NFL writers predicting 80 to or 75, but no one really expecting 90. Any pitfalls in that if that were to happen? Uh, this is obviously in an effort to, to avoid more exposure to COVID potentials. Yeah, you know, playing for a guy like George Allen early in my career in the USFL, he wanted as many bodies on site for training camp that he could possibly afford. Some some coaches, like Jim said, or some teams that have a little bit more veteran experience, maybe you can tone down the physical side of training camp because you have a majority of your guys in that, you know, a, a veteran type of state. Yeah, the only thing from my standpoint, you know, I understand why they're saying that, but... I mean, God forbid if there's an outbreak on your team, say four or five guys come down with COVID-19, you're immediately obviously going to have to go out. Those players are going to have to be what? Quarantined for 14 days. So you're going to be signing uh, more guys anyway. I don't know if the – I think the NFL and NFLPA are trying to work that right now uh, for roster exemptions. You know, that say if a team comes down with with six guys, can they sign uh, six guys right away from the amount of guys that that they lost? So – it's a fluid situation. Again, I understand why, why teams are doing it, but I think we all understand. It's not when, or it's not if, it's when. Somebody's going to test positive. Already, what, nine more NBA players uh, tested positive. So you're going to need, ultimately, it's going to be fluid where guys in, are coming and going uh, on these rosters. And I think the teams are well aware of that. And I think now what's the balance for that in terms of roster exemptions for football teams potentially? You know, I think each team will keep – like we see what they refer to as a war room during the draft where they have all the eligible bodies out there. I think each team will have one of those uh, player rooms uh, that have all the names of all the eligible players of every single position around the country, and they're going to be maneuvering that a lot during the course of the season just – if God forbid a team yeah. does have a number of COVID, that's yeah, that's why I hope it's roster exemptions. That that's fine and great that they're increasing the the practice squad to sixteen guys, but those are developmental players. You need veterans that are going to be able to step in and fill in in a moment's notice. That's why I think ultimately they'll decide potentially on those roster exemptions. All right, fellas, that's traveling music. Uh, Jim, what are you throwing on the grill this weekend? Fourth oh, of July. We got some steaks, baby. You know how we, you know how it rolls. You know, we're, we're, we're meat and potatoes around here in the Miller family. <laughs> Tom, what are you cooking up? Uh, I'm going to go with a little salmon, Big Jeff. Okay, you know, eating eat right, nice route. and clean. No, not eating right, but that one day I will eat right. <laughs> Appreciate you, boys. Have a safe holiday. Best to your families. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Also. 
Thanks to our producer tonight, Adam Stadzinski, and to our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli. Thanks to Cody Whitehair, and thanks to you for listening. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.